Right, um, should we start then? Hello and welcome to episode 52 of Don't Spoil the Ending. I'm Joe. Hi, I'm John. And I'm Sam. How are we all? Yeah, good, thank you. How are you guys doing? Good, I'm very good, thank you. Good, thanks, yeah. Good, been good. Another month since the last podcast. I think it might be more like... Nearly through. Three. <laughs> <Did you really? laughs> I did this last episode, didn't I? Um, okay, we've done three months since the last show. Um, Me and Emil were trying to work out before like how long it was the last one we did. <laughs> I feel, like, I feel uh, like since the pandemic started, I probably, this is a repeat this, isn't it? Like since the pandemic started, my my sort of feel for time. Yeah, concepts of time. Gone. Yeah. Just hope, gone. hope your concepts of time for this. Today's film's better. Oh, whoa, oh, oh, oh. Nice segue there, Sam. Uh, today's film, Donnie Darko. Yeah, as, as promised. <laughs> Three months ago, yeah. <laughs> we followed through on it. Yeah. I'm sure. Didn't we? Uh, there was an anime film we were going to do once, wasn't there? Like, what's it called now? The um, the Animatrix. Oh no, we it was a really, it's a really dark anime film. And at the end of one of our episodes in like 2018, we said, "Oh, we'll do this next time," and we just couldn't get hold of enough copies, so we didn't do it. I'll have to remember the name. I'll have to look into that. Yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll find. I'll figure out the name of that. Yeah. We should do that um, when, I, when I remember. <laughs> um, yeah, so it's been been three months. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Talking of dark times, people have been uh, worried this week about Elon Musk buying Twitter. You yeah, about this. Yeah. What do you guys think about it? Well, I, when I saw the news, I was hoping that he was going to buy it and shut it down myself. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But the, not the hero we uh, we want. The hero we deserve. <laughs> <laughs> no, but like I was saying to him the other day about this, that people. Uh, have these like massive opinionate opinions about like people like Elon Musk, and there's people on Twitter saying like, "Oh God, it's going to ruin Twitter." I was like, "Have you seen Twitter in the last ten years? Like, yeah, it's an absolute dumpster fire. Like, yeah. It's the worst thing in the world." Like, if, if anything, it should just be interesting to see which direction he takes it, and if he can take it in any direction anyway, because there's a load of stuff about Tesla shares now and whatever. Yeah, like the impact it'll have on other stuff. Yeah, kind of thing. so yeah. how much? Change you can actually affect will be well. We'll see over time. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I the point though is like when you see people going, "Oh, I don't know if I'm going to stick around on Twitter now." It's like it's been it's been toxic like and shit for years, yeah. and it's like now it's like as Elon Musk's took over it. What's he going to do? Reinstate Donald Trump on there, and everyone's going to go mad. It's like it's shit anyway. The, yeah. These same people who probably still have Facebook, who's run by. <laughs> Yeah. Zuckerberg <laughs> another <laughs> evil billionaire yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. So, it's crazy along with every other company it's just it's just ridiculous I think uh, <clears throat> people always go on about like money and football like this this seems like I'm just sticking up for football regardless but people always go on about money and football but he's buying it for like 44 billion or something like that yeah he could, yeah. He could buy the top 20 clubs in the world for that amount of money really? but no one really seems to be talking about like how much money it is I think like mm. once you get into the billions like that people just don't have any concept of it because it is just so big. It's just a lot, a lot yeah. of money. <laughs> that Twitter Jack, is that his name? Twitter Jack? The guy who owned Twitter. Or oh, I don't know. Oh, no. Jack Dorsey, is it? That Jack Dorsey, is that right? yeah. yeah, yeah. But he's came out saying he supports it. It's like the best thing for Twitter. And it's like, I'm sure he is saying that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Nothing to do with the 44 billion he's got in his back pocket yeah. now. <laughs> saying that from his private island. <laughs> <laughs> He'll be on that fight island with Dana White, won't he? <laughs> <laughs> oh, I wish that existed. I wish he brought that in. But yeah. but yeah, I just think, I don't know how people get these like massively opinions one way or the other about people. It's like, what has Elon Musk done for people to hate him so much? 
Like, I don't care either way. It's like, Twitter will be just as bad as it was before, like, you know, yeah. with Elon Musk running it as opposed to anybody yeah. else. I think yeah. he's, he's clearly a, a, a bit of an oddball, but yeah, very good at running a company. <laughs> yeah, very smart guy in, in business Very terms. smart, yeah. But again, like, I think I put it in the group to you guys that I've watched him on Joe Rogan and he's got no charisma whatsoever. I've seen him talking kind of thing and it's just like, he'll make anything, the Game of Thrones sound boring, the way, you know, like when you <laughs> yeah. listen to him talk kind of thing. So, yeah, yeah, it's Elon Musk. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not bothered personally. Yeah, I mean, the thing is, I know people have got a lot of opinions on him, but he's one of the people who's trying to get us into space. And it's like, I'm all for that. that that's fine for me. Like, exactly. In terms of these billionaires, he's probably one of the better ones from, like, from what yeah. I've seen kind of thing. Like, more interesting ones at least anyway. Yeah, he's not... What's what's the Amazon fella? Jeff... Jeff Bezos. Jeff Bezos. Yeah. He's like... Oh, he's like the worst. Like, yeah. you look at all the money that they avoid paying. And it's like, he could literally change the world if he decided to divert the finances a bit. But yeah. no, it's just wants more money for his, his online store that took over everything. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> Going down a dark path. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I agree with like uh, getting us into space and everything like that. I know that he does run a good company, but it's when he starts tweeting at Putin, saying like, stop the war, me, you, right now. Like, it's a bit like, <laughs> yeah, leave that stuff out. Just stick yeah. to running your company. Yeah. Like, <laughs> don't get involved in the war. Yeah. Don't, do, don't do that. But the, yeah. like, he was, um, didn't he have like, he put satellites over Ukraine and stuff to, yeah. to help with the internet and all that. Oh, I think not so. what the what the thing is, but the, he's got like thousands of satellites providing internet all over the world, but he put more up over Ukraine to to help with uh, the drone strikes. Yeah, yeah. I think this is where we're going. Though. We're going into it. The more money you get, the more power you get, but it's getting more obvious now. So it's like, he actually is trying to like, I don't know if he's trying, but he may as well be running the world rather than all the governments. Yeah. 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 Right, well, this is supposed to be a light and fluffy. Yeah, okay. Uh, does anyone want to mention anything else before we move on to media and, and things? No. No, all right. Uh, we'll start with games then. Um, the only thing I've been playing recently is Civilization Six. I think. Did I mention Bloodborne on the last podcast or was I not back on that? I don't think I don't think, think so. I did, did I? No. But basically, my game of the year for 2022 is between Bloodborne, which came out in 2015, and Civilization Six, which I think came out in 2016. <laughs> um, so I'm I'm still deciding what my game of the year is out of those two. But yeah, Civ Six is a game that I got for free on Epic. Um, I've mentioned Epic a few times on here. Mm. It's just it's just great getting a free game every week. You know you don't have to you don't have to. I, I think I've I made my first first purchase on Epic this last couple of weeks, and I've never put any money into Epic until then. And I've got three whole pages of games that I've just got weekly from Epic. And it's just great because yeah. you just make an account. You get all this free stuff. Yeah, It's not like you have to pay a subscription to keep it, like PS Plus. You just get the games. So, yeah, I'm on my, I'm on my second sort of spell playing Civ Six. Um, I actually finally paid out for the DLC. Paid 20 quid, got all the DLC. Very happy. It's it's a fantastic game. Um, I, don't know if, I don't know if either of you two would be interested in it, but... I think I picked it up. You recommended it. Oh, years, I did. Yeah, years twenty twenty ago. Yeah, <clears throat> couple of years and it was. I think it was cheap on yeah. Steam. Steam had a sale. So I picked it up, but I've still never played it. It's just <laughs> one of those sale games which you pick up and then just yeah. never play. Like I, my whole list is just yeah. all those games, and then Football Manager with thousands yeah. of hours. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think um, I paid for the Civ Six DLC after putting about. I think I put hundred hours in over 
over, like I said, a couple of spells, and um, now I've got the DLC, and it's like a completely different game. I'm like, I spent the first 100 hours on the base game, and now I'm probably going to spend hundreds more hours playing the game with all the DLC added on. Yeah. It's just, it, it's a very good game, very good value for money. So, if you're into real, t- well, it's not real time, is it? It's like a, it's one of them 4X strategy games where yeah. it's about like, expanding oh, and all that. <clears throat> I recommend, I mean, it's a good, it's a good game, very good game. Um have we, got, have we got any more games this week? Yeah, I'll just mention that quickly. You mentioned Game of the Year for 2022. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm calling te- it now. Tekken 2? No, no, I'm calling it now. My Game of the Year for 2022 will be Shifu. But the thing is, I played this right after the last podcast, that, like back in February. Uh, I don't know if you guys have heard of it. It's all the. I think I might have mentioned it. It's uh, basically the combat from Batman Arkham Asylum. You know, that kind of fast-paced take on multiple people at once kind of thing. It's a very good combat system in that game. Yeah, and it's basically, uh, you're basically playing through like a, a martial arts game, a film kind of thing, a bit like uh, Old Boy, you know, that hallway fighting Old Boy. Yeah. The whole game's basically that kind of thing. It's five levels. And uh, it's just one big like fight movie kind of thing. But the whole point of the game is, it's dead short, but you've got to replay it to get through the game as, as young as possible. Every time you die, your character gets older to the point where if they get to the age of 70, you're just dead and you've got to start again. Uh, it's just like a skill-based kind of Arkham Asylum combat game kind of thing. And it's just... is, that, is it like a roguelike or something like that? It's one of them that I suppose technically it would count because mm. eventually you do just play the whole game in one go in about 30 minutes because you get that good at it and you build your character up that much that you can just blast through it like Hades or something. <clears throat> but it's a bit different in the... It is more combat based and stuff, and it's like Batman Arkham Asylum. Yeah, but it's a, it's amazing though. It was a while ago when I played it now, so I'm not it's not totally fresh in my mind kind of thing. So I can't recall exactly uh, everything to do with it kind of thing. But it was yeah, amazing game. That'll be my game of the year for 2022. Yeah. If it is still number one, I'll, I'll talk about it fully at the end of the year. So we'll, we'll wait till the end of the year for my, <laughs> for my review of Shifu. Tune, <laughs> tune in in December <laughs> for, for that one. Um, have you have you uh, had a look at playing Bloodborne yet, John? After we no, I played it when it came out. Got yeah. got through level one, but yeah, just a time thing with games, and there's just so many yeah. games out at the moment. Uh, yeah, like I started GTA Five again, the remastered version on PS Five, and uh, again, great. But the t- the time involved to get through all these games, kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. I do I do love GTA Five. I think. Um, I prefer all the single player stuff. I suppose the multiplayer is the, the the cash cow for Rockstar these days. Yeah, but definitely. I, I dip my toe into the online, like, and it's impressive, like, how big and in depth it yeah. is and stuff, and how much you can do in it. The racing, the racing on that, I always really enjoyed. That was the yeah. only aspect of the online I really bothered with. I can't be bothered with all the shooting and stuff. Well, Just, now, like, when you start the online, you have to choose a career path and stuff, and you have like four million dollars to start off with. But your career path is something like you could be a gun runner or something. Like you have your own underground bunker that you've got to build at the start of the online. It's like, you know, it's pretty cool, like, you know, doing all that side of it kind of thing. And <clears throat> yeah, I'll, it's interesting. But I remember when back back when I started GTA 5 online, you didn't start with any money. And it was like you had to go to the little shitty shop and buy your shitty little cap and your shitty t shirt and all that. Yeah. It's because you didn't have any money in the game and you had to go do missions. But it's like now you start the game, it's like, here's $4 million. And it's yeah. like, I know you don't need to spend it, but if it's if it's already in your current in your inventory, yeah. it's I don't know. It's kind of, it takes up. No, I like fans are generally fuming about it because right, like yeah. they they built their own like almost like economy within the game. Like it was just that weird because like you had to earn money in the game. Like it was like an actual like life to earn, yeah. earn money and stuff. There's an incentive to play. Like yeah, I know. I know. Go go. Well, I said that's what people liked about it. Like yeah, it's that incentive of like like day to day life. You have to go to work and like 
do a heist to get so much money yeah. and stuff like. But then they changed uh, about a year or two ago. They put a heist in the game, which like broke the game, where anyone could just go and do it and get like two million dollars every time. <laughs> right. And everyone was fuming, saying like, "You killed the point That's of money in the yeah. game. Yeah. You broke the economy, kind of thing." And now, when you any, any new players get four million dollars straight off to like build the bunker. When you said but four million, I was like. God, can I start life again with four million? <laughs> <laughs> Unironically, they've inflated all the currency in their own game, yeah. but it's it, with the purpose of making real money out of it. And it's like, for for the business side, probably makes loads of sense. They're probably just, I'm sure that game's probably still in the top 10 best-selling games every week. Yeah, it's, like, yeah. it's been out for what? Good eight Nearly years 10 now. years. Uh, 2013, wasn't it, I think? Yeah. yeah, yeah nine years. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Across three generations now. Yeah, crazy. PS3, PS4, now PS5. Yeah, yeah and it's, they're still really selling cool. it. Yeah, and it's class. <laughs> That's the yeah. thing. Like, they, I, I love the single player on it. It's just like switching between uh, Trevor. It's like Trevor's fantastic. Yeah, um, Michael and. Uh, Franklin. Franklin, yeah, yeah that's yeah. right, yeah. yeah. Are they even going to bother making a new one? Are there any? Is there any chat about a new one? There is. But the problem with them bothering to make a GTA 6 is that. They're just making so much money off GTA Five. They're yeah. not neat. They don't. What's the point? What's yeah. the point? Yeah, it felt a bit that way with that uh, remastered they did of, of GTA Three. Oh yeah, I think we covered that, didn't we? Yeah, yeah. But with that, it's almost as if like they didn't have to spend time on it because they're like we're making all this money from GTA Five. Who cares about these remasters yeah. kind of thing? It's like I care about them. <laughs> yeah, I want it. <laughs> yeah. Maybe EA should take a leaf out of their book and just release one game and just keep releasing updates. Yeah, it's not a bad idea, is it? Though? Although it didn't work for Pez, eFootball. <laughs> so, yeah, I suppose. Yeah. It might work. It might work eventually. EA might do it properly. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But yeah, I've been playing the single player with GTA and I'm shocked how well it's aged. Because, like, yeah. you, if you played the original GTA 3 from like 2002, was it? Nine years after in 2011, you're like, oh my God, this is awful. Well, I know some people like it, but personally, I was like, it's unplayable. <laughs> yeah. But you play GTA 5 nine years later and it's still like. With all the contemporary games coming out now, it's still like that good. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, I think, I'm sure they do. Like, I I played it on PS3 and PS4, and there's definitely you know the graphical upgrade. But in terms of how it plays, it wasn't same, much difference. I think it's still pretty much the same game, isn't it? Like, yeah. You know the actual mechanics and stuff. Yeah. Why is that? Just because controllers haven't really advanced since PlayStation One, <laughs> whereas PlayStation One was a big advance on previous controllers. So gameplay hasn't changed that much graphically. Yeah, but. The way you actually play the game. I, I don't think it's much a controller thing. It's like, have you played GTA 4 at all? Probably at oh, some point. Oh. But even in GTA 4, you didn't control where you aimed, which why, why right, I hated yeah, GTA. Yeah. You just push fire and it automatically locks onto another thing and you right, just shoot. Okay. GTA 5, it's like free aiming. I mean, I think the controls in GTA 5 aren't good. Like, it's dead clunky, I think, to play. But the game's that good that it gets yeah. over it kind of thing. Yeah, the shooting's never been a GTA. Yeah, it's never the appeal of GTA, no, yeah, no. has it kind of thing. Yeah. Uh, do you remember, yeah. did you play much GTA 4? Sorry, Sam, go on. I was just going to say, so why hasn't anything moved on in those years? And like, well, it, it feels as if like, it got to a point where like, this is as good as it, there's no new innovation, you can't innovate anymore, because it's like... And all games pretty much use the same, it's almost got to a standard control now, isn't it? Like, I, standard yeah. uh, layout on the controls. So. I, I'll give you an example, with GTA 5, when that came out, there was never a problem with the well, not never a problem, but the you know the controls were pretty spot on. There were there are games that came out since then where you'd expect them to be just as good, but they're not, um, or they weren't originally. So like I'm thinking of The Witcher, when that came out, all everyone did was complain about the controls in that game to the point where a few months after they released it, they completely redid the control system. Like 
that like a massive upgrade to that. Yeah. And they allowed the you know they allowed the user to the player to choose which version of the controls they want. Yeah. Because the original one, even though it was released years after GTA, I'm assuming. About twenty fifteen maybe. I think was it? it was, yeah, so a couple of years after yeah. Even though even though it's like all these years of gaming development, they just put some shit system in where it just it wasn't very good. So the GTA must have nailed it with GTA five, I think. But a similar thing on that to go back to the Batman thing. You ever played the first Assassin's Creed game? Like the combat in that is literally you've got to like line your character up and poke them with a poke them with your sword, like really basic combat. And then Batman changed the controls that much that Assassin's Creed 3, I think it was the first one, they just copied the Batman fighting style where like, you push a button to who you want to attack, which works perfectly. And every other game, Shifu uses that. You, know, you mentioned that, yeah. yeah, yeah every game copies that, that yeah. combat it's so good. And it's got to take someone to innovate a new combat style to actually replace it. Yeah. Kind of yeah. I, I only played Batman, the, the Batman trilogy, a couple of years ago, so years after they came out. And that Arkham Asylum game hasn't aged very badly yeah, at all. Great, it's, it? it's great. It's It's the controls on it. It's just perfect for that sort yeah. of style again. So I think and it, all these games get to a point where the controls are so refined, but it's like, where do you go from here? Yeah. And now for 10 years of GTA, it's like the controls are still at that level kind of thing. Nothing, is, nothing yeah. has been innovated on since GTA 5. I was, I was going to mention GTA 4 before. Um, did you play that one? Yeah. Sam, did you play that one? I can't remember. Yeah. So when that one came out, and even now, people look back and complain about the driving in it because the cars feel heavy and clunky and stuff. But I enjoyed that because you have to be a bit more skilled. Thoughtful about yeah, how you're you driving. Like... You can't just drive like an arcade game. It was like the cars felt heavy. And yeah. loads of people complain about that, saying, oh, it's got shit controls for the cars. It's like, nah, you're just, you're just not driving the cars <laughs> properly. Like, yeah. It's a different... They've put something different in. But... It's funny you mentioned though, playing GTA Five. I was like, I'm enjoying just driving around here. Like the, the the controls are great, and it reminds me of Red Dead when just riding around in your horse feels satisfying to do yeah. kind of thing. Uh, similar kind of yeah. scheme, kind of thing. Like, yeah. have, have they still got all the music in the latest GTA Five? But they started patching stuff out. I don't know what was in the original game now, to be right. honest. But they have they have a lot of licensed music on the on the radio yeah. and stuff like yeah. Yeah, because I'm sure they started patching music out, like licensed music that you paid for when you bought the game. Right. Yeah. And then they patch out because the licenses all run out. Yeah. And it's like that has happened in a lot of games, like Rock Band, for example, mm. when you're getting licenses, these they do expire and <laughs> have to remove them from the game. Yeah, I never really thought about that, especially with like Rock Band and Guitar Hero. That's yeah. the main premise of the game. Like. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And they'll yeah. just disappear. And it's like with GTA 5 as an example, I guarantee you, if I put the GTA 5 disc in for PS4 when it first came out and didn't run an update, you'd have a completely different radio set list than what you've probably yeah. got now. Not yeah. completely different, but. You'll you'll have all the original songs because they're on the disc, yeah. and they're just they're still on the disc. They've just been patched to not like to play them. It's funny you mention it. Like you can't buy like Forza Horizon two and four, I think, on the Xbox Store because they've had to remove it because of the digital licensing thing. Yeah, there's music in there they no longer hold the uh, the rights to, so like yeah. they just don't sell the game anymore. You've got to <laughs> you can buy it on disc, you know, second hand and stuff, yeah. but. If you want to play Forza Horizon 2, I just don't think you can buy it online on, yeah. on, on the Xbox store. That's one thing I don't like about modern games. It's like back on what, PS1 era and stuff. I've still got FIFA 99 with that fat boy slim tune on it. Yeah. That is the one song in the menus. <laughs> <laughs> like I've still got that buried in my brain. It's like that'll never get patched out because they yeah. can't physically do it. So they had to pay for a license for the entire what forever I imagine but yeah like it, it does feel more like fine like you're buying something and you own that thing don't you like it'll never change like what is now you buy a crazy taxi now like there's no there's no KFC in it because they haven't renewed the uh, <laughs> the KFC advertising yeah. you know it's just 
Bob's chicken shack or something you've got to drive to. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Last thing, it's like you will owe. You, what's the what's the what's the the thing? It's like uh, you will owe nothing, and you will be happy. Oh, <laughs> the uh, yeah, the uh, World Economic Forum's yeah, yeah. Uh, mantra. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. In ten like, years' time, you will owe nothing, and you will be happy. It's like well, I won't. <laughs> like, I won't. Don't tell me what to do. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think like people say that about streaming services, though, like Spotify, like music, especially. Like, oh, you don't, you don't own any music, but technically, when you bought CDs, you never owned the music. You just, you owned a copy and the privilege to play it personally. You could you weren't even technically allowed to play it for anyone else. Yeah. <laughs> oh, right, okay. Yeah, right. Like, VHSs have that thing, so, yeah. like, you cannot, you cannot show this in a public place, like, yeah. Yeah, watch yeah. it alone in your bedroom, that's it. <laughs> <laughs> this is one of the main arguments about, I'm not going to take it down this route, but NFTs... <laughs> Oh, here uh, we go. People say, no, you don't own the own, own the rights. Uh, you don't own the art. You only own like the rights to like use it. That was always the case with CDs, but no one really knew. Yeah. yeah. So interesting. It's that same thing. Yeah. Interesting. Um, yeah, just to finish off on games, I'll, I'll just jump back to Bloodborne. Um, yeah, play, played a lot of that. It, it's one of those games where if you put the effort in, you're rewarded for it. And I finally got ha- the hang of it. It's like I understood you have to die a lot to actually progress in yeah. the game. And when you get over that hurdle, the whole game feels like it opens up and it's really interesting. I, don't, I won't go into it too much today because it's a seven-year-old game <laughs> that I got with my PS4 and played a little bit at the start, but I've gone back to it recently. I've you know put a good 20, 30 hours in, I've progressed a fair bit, Probably not that far, but yeah, it's 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 quite amazing that game. Even today, like it's not yeah. not aged badly at all. Yeah, I, I played it a bit when it came out uh, and got to Father Gascon at the end of level yeah. one. But funnily enough, I've seen like YouTube videos recently where people are saying like some of the little story beats with Father Father Gascon and his family and stuff that you yeah. find along the way is just like mind blowing. Like yeah. uh, the little details they put in there and stuff. Uh, oh, that that game is full of small details. They never tell you the story. They sort of yeah, just you could totally miss it, kind of thing. Like yeah, yeah. but it's pl- it's the story of the whole what's going on in the game. Yeah. is, is drip fed to you through little conversations you have with people or items you pick up or just the scenery. Like you see, just see things around. It's yeah. they never actually tell you what's going on. And you can sort of piece it together, but that's the perfect thing. And that's why I read this on Reddit. Um, everybody who plays Bloodborne and is a fan of it wishes they could go back and play it again for the first time, where it's all a mystery. Because the whole point of the game yeah. is slowly uncovering the whole, just what's going on in the game. Yeah. Those moments when things start to click kind of thing, yeah. I imagine it's like... Oh, yeah. It's yeah. really rewarding. Yeah, I, I've had a couple of moments where I'm like, oh, of course. And then that feeds into the rest of what you're trying to figure out. So I've I've got half a picture in my head at the minute, but it's um it's re- it's really it's really really fun game to try and piece together as, as depressing as it gets. <laughs> I find it funny how like that from software can just churn out these games that are all the same style, but they're all like the the old thing with its old, yeah. old story. Is it Miyazaki? Is that is he from? Yeah, I can't remember the full his full name. But like he did like uh, Bloodborne, which is a Sony exclusive, but he's done like Elden Ring recently that people are raving about. Yeah, stuff. raving. It's got it's got like almost perfect reviews. Yeah, that game, with George Arma involved. Yeah, well. yeah, and like a couple of years ago, that Seiko Shadows Die Twice, whatever it's called. Yeah. Sekiro, yeah, that's the oh, one. Sekiro, Sekiro, not Sekiro. Seiko. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Seiko's the watch, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> it's diff- different type of game that one. Yeah, um, yeah. Yeah, and they're obviously Dark Souls and Demon Souls. Like yeah, they're, yeah. they're the they're the sort of base 
versions of that. Um, yeah, interesting games. I've just got one more, if that's okay, dead quick. Just mention it. I played through Metroid Dread on the Switch. Uh, not got loads to say about it, but I just thought I'd want to get into the Metroid series. Like, I've never really got understood why people love it. And I understand now why people love it, but it's not for me, I don't think. I finished the game, but it's meant to be an eight-hour game. It took me like 35 hours to finish it. <laughs> <laughs> because I was trying not to use a guide. I thought, what's the point of using a guide? It's meant to be the whole, like, like a bit like a thingy uh, you just mentioned. Uh, Bloodborne. You uncover what's happening as you play the game, and like it's the Metroidvania concept of you've got to go back over your old ground, and when you get more powers, you can go back and do stuff you couldn't do before in, in an earlier area and stuff. But there's about seven or eight big areas in the game, and unless you know exactly what you're meant to do, you just got to wander around until yeah. you find. You get a new power, power and you're like, right, what, where do I use this? In any of the eight levels I've already been through, <laughs> just walked back through the entire game to find where I'm meant to use this kind yeah. of thing. So it's a bit, a bit too wandering for me a bit too abstract a bit, yeah, I, I'd recommend playing it with a guide and you might finish it in 8 hours right, <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. and you'd enjoy it because the gameplay is amazing like it's really tight control stuff to play just it's a bit too wandering like uh, I need to be more driven with a game to know exactly what I'm meant to do next and it's yeah. a bit just more like just, have, just play until you find out what you're meant to do yeah yeah. so it's a great game but not totally for me Metroid Metroid's a, a series that I've never really delved into I've played one but it's not. It's never been in my wheelhouse. So yeah, it's, it's. I don't know. I always look at it as one of them where there's probably a lot of nostalgia attached to it for a lot of people, and it's like yeah. I don't have that nostalgia element there. So it's it's just not much interest for me. For- and I think it's that thing of when you were a kid in the eighties, you've not got anything else to do. It's like this week I'm just gonna play Metroid because what else am I gonna do? Like yeah. You know, yeah. Play Mario, you know, two games kind of thing. No, I totally agree with that point, though. It's like yeah. these days you're spoiled for choice. Whatever you want to do, it's available to you. And it's yeah. like we're living in quite an ama- amazing age. So it's like my kids are growing up with literally everything in front of them. It's like when when I was a kid, what did I have? Like Robot Wars on the telly. Like <laughs> there, there wasn't as much to do, but yeah. it makes me feel so old saying that. <laughs> it's just like I think when you're a kid you're time rich but you're, you're money poor yes when yeah. you're an adult you've got the money but you haven't got the time to spend yeah yeah but I so saw like when you're a kid you've probably got you've got all the time in the world to go through Metro to find exactly where you're meant to go like you've got nothing else to do but as an adult you're like just tell me where to go like just, yeah. just find, give me the guide on the internet like I'll, I'll just do that yeah 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 yeah, it's, well, it's a good game though. Yep. Yeah. Okay. Well, well I, can I can I hassle you for a star rating for Metroid it? Dread? I'll give it a four out of five. Yeah. Four out of five. Chief was a six out of five. Yeah. Yep. Six out of five. Yeah. Game of the year. Sure, yeah. we put a rule in that you're only allowed what one six star review a year or something. Chief. Okay. Right, right. <laughs> <laughs> no, very good. Very good. Yeah, yeah. Um, should we move off games? Should we uh, move straight on to television? Should we go into that? Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um. Does anybody want to start? I'll start, but it won't be long and more of a teaser. That I've watched, watched Walking Dead. Um, I know you guys haven't, so I'm not going to spoil anything. Um, and there's still another segment to come out. So basically, the teaser is that we're going to do a, a special one-off episode once Walking Dead is finished. So we'll do a Walking yeah. Dead special. Putting down on audio now, so now it's yeah. like a verbal yeah. agreement. So we have to do that now. <laughs> no, we don't. But we'll try to. So that, that's it. Can I just ask on that though? Like the finishing the Walking Dead. Is Fear the Walking Dead finishing as well? I've never really got into those. I tried watching the first episode of Fear the Walking Dead. I think 
But that, there's a couple of other but spin-offs pe- as well. But characters cross over, don't they? So it's like, yeah. can you say The Walking Dead's actually finished if like characters have left The Walking Dead and gone to fear The Walking Dead? <laughs> it's just the same show, isn't it, at that point? Like, <laughs> well, look, it, it did get me thinking, like... <clears throat> You don't have to follow this set of characters through The Walking Dead, and most of the characters aren't there anymore. I mean, that isn't a spoiler. Like, but you could just start with another set of characters and still call it The Walking Dead, which might give it a new lease of life. But <laughs> at this point, I do just want it to die. <laughs> yeah, right. Because yeah. the TV show itself isn't very good. Never mind the storyline or the characters. It's just not a good show. It's become like a shambling zombie itself. Yeah. They just won't die, kind of thing. Like, just someone put this show down. Yeah. Like, <laughs> exactly. I'm looking forward to actually finishing it off, even though it'll I probably am. be garbage. Like, but just a closure, you know. Like, oh yeah, no, yeah. You're, you're spot on with that. It's like I put years into watching Walking Dead, and I finally dropped off it. And I felt loads better about it. But like you, John, I want to go back and watch the rest of it yeah. and get my closure on it. But like, again, like we're not GTA. It feels like ages ago when that came out. I'm sure Walking Dead was on before GTA 5 came out in 2013. <laughs> is it like 2009 or something when Walking Dead started? Oh, wow, back when it... Something like that. And <clears throat> one of the recent seasons was spanned over three different years. Because, oh, yeah. Because it had yeah. COVID issues. and But they're just splitting. I'm sure that was split into four segments, but one of the segments was one episode. They just had a random episode launched in October. And then the next lot of episodes was like February. It's like just one random one of episode. Can you even call it a season at that point? Because surely well, the naming of it yeah, comes about by like Buffy season five. It's called because it aired in, in the autumn of that year, in that season. <laughs> it's like, if it's over three years. I think as long as there's a season. <laughs> well, that, that's, that's what I was thinking. But I mean, with streaming services and all that, it's not really the same as like having a TV schedule. Yeah. But also if there's a theme... Running through a season, I think you can call it a season, even if it is split up. But Walking Dead don't do that. They do split it up into like, okay, you're going to have a really big cliffhanger after the sixth episode, after the twelfth episode, and then there'll be another block of episodes where it'll finish on 18. It's like, you have split that into three different segments where there are diff- three different themes and you've moved yeah. on. It's not a season. <laughs> it's, one, it's all one big season. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that is weird. I always hated that about Walking Dead, though. It's like where they do the mid-season break. It's like I just hated that because it was like, like you said, they'd always leave a cliffhanger, and then you'd be sat there for months going, "Oh, who's Negan gonna hit with a bat?" And it's like <laughs> you're just waiting for months. It's like exactly. it's just to milk cliffhangers. Yeah, <laughs> just yeah, every exactly six months. Yeah. Like not to like give a teaser to when we actually finally do it, but the worst one was end of series three, if you remember, when the governor came into it. And everyone thought it was this big climatic end of Series 3. And it was just a teaser for the start of Series 4. But they knew they'd fucked up. So they tried to rectify it at the mid-season break of Season 4. And had this massive battle at the, at the prison. And it's like, you keep, you, you fucked up and now you're making it worse by trying to correct what you fucked up kind of thing. Like. This, won't, this won't be a spoiler, but they've, they, it's on a, along the similar lines of that. But basically, in the first episode of like, wherever I rejoined, I think it was midway through whatever season it is on now. I don't even know. <laughs> <clears throat> you, they show you a clip of sort of like this event of what's sort of going to happen and then you, they go back in time yeah. and they show you all this lead up to this event and you're thinking that there's a load of like importance on this event you get to that point and it's just like wash over and you're like you <laughs> you build that up as though it's going to be a really big thing and it was like 
just an absolute nothing two minutes of an episode later on in the, and I was like you why why are you building it up like that <laughs> you well, can't even write a show anymore <laughs> well I, I was going to add to that Sam that Walking Dead from memory had a tendency to leave it on a cliffhanger and you're like oh I can't wait for the next episode and then the next episode starts and it's a completely unrelated story you're like right so I've got to wait another two weeks for the conclusion to this cliffhanger longer probably I think. Yeah. Yeah. I think I'm sure it was season three or four where they showed you Rick sneaking up at the governor at the big battle at the prison and he had a gun to his head. Yeah. And that's a cliffhanger. Next episode was a flashback to the governor at the start of the outbreak. And you had to go through like five episodes <laughs> of watching the governor get to that point and you're like... Yeah. I understand <sighs> what they're trying to do there. They're yeah. trying to build up and like keep the intensity and like all that. But it's like, that was just pissing me off at a point with Walking Dead. That, that show's done it a lot more than a lot of other shows I can think of anyway like the whole point with that is that you're meant to tease people in terms of like you show me the gun at his head and you're like oh god what's going to happen when they get back there but they, they go on for so long with the actual lead up you forget that's what you're meant to be yeah. you're meant to be like teased about you're like yeah. oh yeah I forgot about that I don't <laughs> think they realise though with TV like you, you make a TV show for the whole not the whole point but the point for the network is to get TV like ratings and get viewers to watch it that Walking Dead burned the fans so many times but I don't know when you look around the flip side it's like I clearly enjoyed quite a lot of Walking Dead because I watched it for a lot of seasons I just dropped off what midway yeah. <laughs> it's like there yeah. were you look back and there were loads of good moments loads of really good stuff in yeah there. yeah but the, they almost like killed those moments because of how, how they treated the show before that yeah. and it's like they, they undersold that moment then it's like you've ruined what could have been class yeah. because of the way you built up to it kind of yeah. thing What's, yeah. it, what's it called in gambling when like you're just so invested in the part and chasing you, not not chasing your losses, but you've got so much money in there that you're all chasing that money. Yeah, again. something like pop lined or something. Pop, yeah, something, something like that. Yeah. I feel like I'm like that with Walking Dead. Like <laughs> it was so good at the beginning. I invested so much time that I just have to see it out now. Like, yeah, yeah, I, yeah, I yeah. But going back to what you were saying about like just swapping between storylines. First season, you were following one group of characters, and it was great. <clears throat> and I get you're gonna sort of like introduce new characters go off in different storylines but it's gone too far that you're just following people and you're like I forgot you were even in it yeah, like, <laughs> yeah. but I'm looking forward to getting back on it though. <laughs> I think, can't wait to binge it <laughs> I've always said like it's it's actually quite good to binge I could not wait a week between episodes because I really would forget where I was up to I was, but binging yeah. I think it makes it it makes it more toler- tolerable yeah. <laughs> I, I would get a lot much less frustrated if yeah. I binge in it. So I'm, I'm, I am, I am looking forward to watching it. There are, there are some shows that benefit from that. Like I think the Marvel stuff does benefits from binge watching. I tried to follow Moon Knight week by week, and I was like, I can't be asked watching. Spending an hour <laughs> a week waiting to watch this. Like yeah. a, I might binge it if they're lucky when it comes up, but it's all out kind of thing. But yeah, it's just changed the way we watch TV, and you know, yeah. Netflix yeah, yeah. stuff. Yeah. No, you're right. Yeah. 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 Um, I don't want to. I don't want to dive off too far into it, but I'm thinking of rewatching Westworld because I really. I've only watched season one. Really enjoyed it. I didn't hear great things about season two. I liked um, series two, but it's weird though. It does go a bit. It goes a bit like a bit like Walking Dead. They don't know what to do with it, kind of thing. But yeah, because that's believe- how I imagined it. Like the the first show, we are learning all the stuff. You're like, this is this is amazing, and then after you kind of learn everything, it's like, what do we do now? Like. I think I might have mentioned it back then. I'm sure we didn't have maybe a pod on it or something when it came out, but I think I mentioned it back then, but it, it has the same issue as Jurassic Park, where, like, Jurassic Park, the dinosaur park, the first film, is, like, great. I'm like, this is a great idea. 
But then for part two, what do you do? Like, who would go back to that <laughs> yeah. island? Like, it's fucking full of dinosaurs. Like, you're going to get killed. And they have the same thing with Westworld. It's like series two. It's like, they've all, all these robots have gone mad killing people. Who the fuck would go to that island? Like, it's just, so <laughs> yeah. they just don't know where to go with it kind of thing. But, you know, yeah. they, they concoct some stuff to do. But apparently series three is totally different and it's got Aaron Paul in it from Breaking Bad. That's it, right. But I, I never watched it, but... Right, okay. I'm, well, I'm, I'm thinking of binging it, so I might I might binge through that and yeah. see see what it, what's it all about after season two. Because I'm sure, there's Westworld spoilers here, but I'm sure, don't they go to like Samurai World or somewhere? It's like... Yeah, that, Shogun World, yeah. They, they, they teased it at the it. end of series one, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's like, oh, oh, that's cool. But it's like, I don't need a full series in... Shogun World, do you know what I mean? Ah, don't don't watch series two. <laughs> <laughs> right, okay. It's the same, like it's the same universe as Jurassic Park, isn't it? Same, the, the same author wrote both the. Uh, Are we calling it the same universe though? For my own head, I don't see why not. I like. Yeah. Idea. <laughs> I mean, that that really that should have been like the, the plot twist that like the other island is Jurassic Park. Oh, all the way, like you know, just as a, it doesn't even have to be a major plot point. Just drop a little Easter egg in there, and I'd be like, that's class. Just have like. The show ending with like the rain's coming in or something, you could say like a dinosaur roar off in the distance, you're like, What the fuck? Yeah. <laughs> oh, <laughs> oh that would be class. Like a T Rex roar or something, like, Oh, and then there's yeah. credits, like, You've got Joe Hooks again on something that isn't going to happen. <laughs> <laughs> it's true, yeah, yeah. Wow, okay. Uh, but that is weird though when you mentioned like the author wrote Jurassic Park, which is an, a di- an island. A theme park with killer yeah. dinosaurs. You're just into theme parks. Yeah, and then they wrote an, an, an island of a theme park with robots as cowboys. Like, yeah, yeah, and samurais. And they, they start killing people. Like, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like <laughs> big fan of Alton Towers. <laughs> uh, yeah. Okay. Right. Well, let's let's move on from that TV, John. Yeah. Just got one quick TV show. Uh, it's called Justified that I watched on Amazon Prime. Uh, stars Timothy Oliphant as a U.S. Marshal in Kentucky. I think it is. Came out in like 2010, the show, and it ran for like six years. Everyone loves it. It's Death Halley rating and stuff. Like a modern day cowboy show kind of thing. Uh, it's called Justified because he ends up shooting loads of people. But his whole thing is that I was justified to do it. They drew first kind of thing. Like it's an old like cowboy Wild West show or something. Yeah. And a lot, a lot of times he teases people into drawing first just so he can kill them kind of thing. <laughs> right. Which is a bit of a... Not so much anti-hero, but it's definitely not a, a good guy like the main guy. I'm getting, I'm getting Punisher vibes from what you're sort of saying. It's more like an old cow, like an old West cowboy thing, you know, like a Clint Eastwood, a man with no name, kind of, but as a modern day marshal kind of thing. Yeah. But uh, yeah, great show. But the reason I mention it is I, I burnt through the whole lot like a couple of months ago. Loved it. Do you ever have those weird things where you get really into something? Then, like, news breaks about it out of nowhere, and you're like, I just watched it yesterday. Why are people talking about a 10 year old TV show? And they're bringing it back for a one off series called Justified Primeval, I think it is. And Quentin Tarantino's like spearheading the comeback, and he's going to direct a couple of episodes and stuff because he loves right. Timothy Oliphant and he cast him in a Once Upon a Time in Hollywood and stuff off yeah. the back of Justified, basically, to play a cowboy. Yeah, so I just found it interesting. I've just watched the show for the first time in 10 years. And the day after, I heard that Tarantino was like involved in bringing the show back. You know, like one of those weird coincidences kind of yeah, thing. Yeah. I was like, I'm happy with that. Like, but yeah, yeah, timed it well that rewatch. I can yeah. watch the, uh, the new show when it comes out. So <laughs> Do, done well there. Uh. But I definitely recommend uh, Justified. It's uh, definitely worth, uh, it's worth like a watch. It's almost like you've time travelled into the future, John, and and uh, learn that. See, I'm trying to link it with <laughs> with Donnie Darko. Yeah, 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 that's very yeah. good. But just to mention as well, the Justified thing. Uh, Again, in terms of like Walking Dead and how he can't wrap a show up, Justified is perfect. <laughs> like it's six series, and 
the whole theme of the show is it's uh, Raylan Gibbons, who's the main guy, the marshal, and it's in Kentucky, and it's like a local, like a uh, local bad boy who the locals love called called Boy Crowder, who's a bit you know a bad guy, but a bit of a local hero kind of thing, but like Billy the Kid or something. And every season, like Raylan Gibbons is trying to bring down the main bad guy, and Boyd Crowder will kind of like help him, but through his own means as well, because he's a bad guy, like kind of thing. So they have this weird like uh, relationship going on. But the whole thing builds towards in the final season, he has to bring down Boyd Crowder. It's like him versus Boyd Crowder, and like what's going to happen, like. And is literally in like a Wild West shootout on the road, kind of thing. Uh, but just they clearly had that in mind when they were making it. They're like, this, we're going to end it at this point, you know. And Boyd Crowder's going to be the overarching bad guy, kind of thing. I like it when you can tell the plan of the thing out the whole way through, and they don't just drag it out for the sake of yeah. like we can get another three series out of this. Gonna, Although they are bringing <laughs> it back for the sake. <laughs> you, you'd hope that like, I, I mean, I don't know what the ratings were, but like they would be saying no matter what the ratings, this is how it's finishing because that's the yeah the vision of that's the, always the, the end point yeah. kind of thing. It's like, how do we get there kind of thing like yeah yeah yeah. yeah so I definitely watch Justified. It's uh, it's on Amazon Prime for free at the moment, so it's great. Very good. good. Very good. But a lot, of, a lot of cowboy related stuff today. Got justified. We mentioned Red Dead Two before. Uh, There's another one that I forgot. I'm sure, there's been a third instance of cowboys today. Westworld. 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 Yeah. 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 Um, okay. Yeah. I've got nothing else to add there. Um, <laughs> right. Okay. Should we? Uh, we've done games and TV. Should we cover some films before the main event? Or yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Films. I've. I personally. I don't have anything today for films. <laughs> um, I've not watched many, to be honest. Cool. Man, I jump in. Inman yeah, with a go, quick go, film. Go, go. Uh, I watched The Northman last week at the cinema. I've not got loads to say about it. I've not really formulated my thoughts yet. But it's a uh, talking of game of the year. This is film of the year for twenty twenty two. I know we're only in like what April. But I've heard uh, good things about it. It's. Uh, yeah, I loved it. It's, it's really good. Uh, funnily enough, I talked to Jimbo the other week at the wedding, and Jimbo was saying his mates have watched it and they weren't too impressed. Oh, right. But I think it's, it might be a case of like the reviewing the film for what it isn't, as opposed to what, watching it for what it is. People might watch the trailer and think, "Oh, it's a big Viking action film," like which isn't. It isn't that. Like the first half an hour is you get a load of Viking, gore, loads of gore and stuff. You know, people getting their legs chopped off. But it turns into like a, a revenge story after that. Uh, do you know the story of Count of Monte Cristo at all? Like. It's basically a Viking version of that where like a guy has been like wronged by a, a close family friend when he was a kid. And he's then got to like get his own back. As he gets older, he like ingratiates himself into the guy who betrayed him. Pretending to be somebody else. And he, he tears the life apart from within kind of thing. Do you know what I mean by that? Like uh, he makes him think all his friends are betraying him and stuff like that. Yeah. So it's like a Viking version of the Count of Monte Cristo. But the trailers don't make it look like that. So like I can understand people being like, what the fuck's this? Yeah. <laughs> But yeah, I loved it. Uh, just got a few notes. So, Joe, you'll like it. Bjork's in it in the film. I do like Bjork. She plays a, like a, a Viking witch. Oh, I thought you meant the music. She's physically in the film. Oh, she's in the film. Is she? In the film, okay. yeah. Right. Only in it for a small scene, but she's really good, though. Like yeah. a, a weird presence kind of thing. I like that. Yeah. I have a nice little cameo. Yeah, yeah. Very yeah, yeah. good. Uh, yeah, like I mentioned, it's really violent and gory. Yeah, definitely worth watching, but. We'll come back to this point later on in the main film, but the film ends with like just the visuals and stuff in the film. It ends with a fight within an active volcano kind of thing, which is just like <laughs> it's amazing, I like to watch. But 
like it's two nude guys fighting because it's so hot in the volcano. <laughs> they have to fight nude, and it's just like, what the fuck am I watching? <laughs> but you're just watching two naked men. You're just watching two naked men <laughs> fighting in, in a volcano. Are you sure you are you sure you were still watching the same film? This is definitely the Northman, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it's a uh, it is. There's just stuff that you're watching, and you're like visually, that is amazing. Like I'm not seeing anything else like that. Uh, but like, I can't, a, to, to be honest, John, I can't imagine ever seeing a film scene like like that. Two naked <laughs> men fighting in the wind. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, strange, but yeah, definitely uh, check it out. Sit stars. <laughs> Spoke about this. <laughs> no, very good. Film yeah. of the year for 2022, The Northman. You've you've made me want to watch it. It wasn't The Naked Men, like. <laughs> well, like yeah. I do, I do, I do actually really want to catch that. I've, I've heard it's um, you know a good film. Yeah. And just to mention, it's directed by Robert Eggers, who did The Witch, which is really good. And uh, The the Lighthouse, which is like a weird horror film kind of thing in black and white. But yeah, it's a great director. Yeah. It's uh, definitely worth a watch. Yep. Very good. Yep. Very good. I don't have any films either. <laughs> I've watched films, so I have nothing worth noting. Yeah, I've got, I've got no, nothing, no notes on anything I've watched recently. Um, well, have, we, have we got anything else before we move on to the main event? No. Okay, right. Um, well, after the, after the break, uh, there won't be a break for the listener, will there? Because we'll just do a little... little f- well, there will be a break. Let's just go to a break now. Yeah. Inman, do the thing when... <laughs> and we're back from the break. Uh, probably don't need to specify <laughs> the break, but... Um, <laughs> We're, we are, we're going to cover Danny Darko now. That's our main event this week. Yeah. Um, I'm not sure where to start with it. If we've got a good starting point. A quick question. I just thought, I didn't, I didn't even look this up. What year was this officially from? Because I'm sure in the UK we got it in like 2004. Yeah, that's what's striking my head, 2004. But I think officially it might be like a 2002 film or something I maybe. I think it was 2001. When I Is it? Up, yeah. And it just sat on a shelf for a couple of years before the UK got it, kind of thing. It's going to make another time travel joke, but I've already exhausted that. <laughs> I feel like it was 2004, but if, if we're saying that it was out earlier than that. Yeah, I think IMDb says 2001, so that would be yeah, That would be the first time it was shown somewhere, I think, yeah, yeah at like a film festival yeah. or something like yeah. With, with a young Jake Gyllenhaal. Yeah, yeah. Might be my favourite actor, you know, Jake Gyllenhaal. Do you reckon? Like, yeah, you know, we're looking at the films he's been in, like, you know, Nightcrawler, there's there's a good one he's in. Uh, yeah, Enemy, Nightcrawler. really enjoyed Enemy. Um, what's the one where he's on a train? Prisoners, remember that? <clears throat> Source, code, Source Code, Prisoners. Prisoners, Prisoners are good. Yeah, yeah. It, he's just in, in Banger after Banger for me. I watched The Ambulance the other week, the new Michael Bay film, and he was the bad guy in that. He's uh, yeah. very good. Yeah. He's in Spider-Man, isn't he? He's in, uh, He's what's his name? Oh, Mysterio. Ray Mysterio. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. no, I, I, I think... Uh, yeah, I suppose we'll we'll start with there then. We'll just, we'll talk about that. Um, I think Jake Gyllenhaal was good in this film. I uh, broody uh, broody is not the right word, is it? Moody, troubled, troubled. Yeah, was he a teenager at this point? Troubled, angsty kind of thing. Like he, yeah, he's been given like a lot of help by his parents, but he's clearly just you know frustrated and like a frustrated like yeah teen as he's supposed to be like mid mid teens or something. Yeah, like an edgy teenager, isn't he? <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. I think he goes a bit further than that as well. <laughs> <I suppose. laughs> he also plays that a bit very well as well. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Literally had a, had a therapist. Um, yeah, yeah. 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 Um, yeah, no, I, I can see why like I'll give a bit of background on my journey with this film. When I was a teenager, this was probably my second favourite film behind Battle Royale. I think this was my second favourite film. And then I watched it again in my me, me 20s and I wasn't really fussed on it. Uh, I'm watching it now in my 30s. 
it's another different experience. It's it's a it's an interesting one because I can just see that where I have grown, I can see where this film sort of changes opinion with my opinion. If that yeah. makes sense, can I jump in there? Like just tell you, like my, my background with it, I was twenty four. It was two thousand four when I first saw it. I absolutely loved it, like blew my socks off kind of thing. But obviously I wasn't looking at it with a critical eye then, like I am now kind of thing. And we, we, we mentioned on the last pod, I, I thought I'd be coming to this pod, this, this film. Because I think I mentioned, like, what was all that shit about the water coming out of the chest? Because <laughs> I couldn't remember much about it. It's been that long since I watched it. And I thought I'd be watching this and hating it. And I made a few snarky notes when I was watching it, thinking like, oh, it's the 1980s, in it? They mentioned George Dukakis and stuff. And I was making a little note of like, oh, yeah, it's the 1980s. But about 20 or 30 minutes in it, I was enjoying it that much. I just had to stop making notes. I was like, I'm proper into this film. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's, so I went in with an agenda and it, it won me over. I had to just like drop it. <laughs> drop <laughs> the angle I was working. I was going quite surprised, John. I'm, yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm glad to hear you enjoyed it. Yeah, yeah. Well, I, think, <clears throat> I think for me, it's, I would count this as my first watch. I know I have tried watching it before, but for whatever reason, I turned off. And I think watching it today... I realised I must have watched like 15 minutes of it the previous time before I turned it off. I think everyone was new <laughs> after that. Whether that was because I was just like, I had no idea, as in like, what was going on. Because I think I turned <laughs> it off at like the first time that the Frank appeared. Yeah. And I was just like, this film isn't for me. But that was about 15 minutes in. But I've ended up when, was the, when was that, Sam? Oh, that was... How, like, how old were you? Because my theory is that matters. Uh, I don't know. I would have said like 10 plus years ago. So between right. 18 and 20 maybe. Yeah. So, yeah. But I watched it, watched it today. I thought it was much better than that previous time. I've tried to watch it. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I know I did enjoy it today. I, 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 watching it now in my 30s, I can appreciate certain aspects of the film a lot more than I did when I was a teenager. Like when I was a teenager... It was just almost like a cool film. Like, I can't say I understood it as a teenager. Yeah. I couldn't understand the concept or anything. But I don't know. It was just like a dark, edgy film that, you know, as an angsty teenager, I enjoyed. <laughs> it was like, it was what my street. It's so funny going off the back of that. Like, I had a similar thing where, like, when I first watched it, I loved it. And I found it did emotional and stuff, like the ending and stuff. And I really got into it. I like it now for different reasons than when I did the first time I watched it. I agree with that, yeah. I found it really funny. Like, it... I don't remember finding it funny, but I, like some of, some of the editing in this film, I was like, that's comedic genius. Like the, <laughs> way, the, the way they cut around stuff and like make it funny and stuff. And I was like, I didn't realise it was this funny kind of thing. Uh, yeah, I, I liked it for, still loved it, but for different reasons than the last, the last time I watched it. Yeah. <clears throat> yep. No, very good. Um, <clears throat> can, I, can I talk a bit about the music? Yeah, the yeah. Right. Um, so I, I enjoyed the score, but I'm going to talk a bit more about the licensed music that they're using it. Um I think if you if you wanted a snapshot of a moody but supposedly upbeat 1980s suburb in America, I think it's the perfect soundtrack. I, I can't say many films that I can't I can't think of any songs that should be on here that are missing. So some examples: uh, Tears for Fears, Head Over Heels. Yeah, I think that's used in the school scene. Yeah, the montage. Yeah. Yes, yeah, yeah. So, oh, was it Killing Moon at the montage? I don't know. I feel like it's. I feel like it's. Um, it's, it's, to, it's pedal heels and. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, like I like that whole scene where everything's like, some. I swear, it's not all slowed down, but some of it definitely is. Yeah. Um, 
the, the way they've used that track and then the long shots of going through and looking at everyone, like I really enjoyed that scene with that music. An interesting part as well is at that point, you don't know any, well, you don't really know anything about time travel. The last two words you hear of that song, when the class starts, a time flies, and then it sort of, it sort of lingers for a bit before the the class starts. I thought it's quite a, quite an interesting use of the music there and the lyrics because that's that's a key part of the whole film. Time. Can I just jump in there though? Like I, I noticed that scene of how good it was, but like loads of films can't do exposition anymore. Like you watch Interstellar and there's like a really awkward scene where Matthew McConaughey lays out that his wife's dead and stuff, and it, just purely for the audience so they know like his background. That montage is like perfect exposition. You, you learn loads about all the characters yeah. and the entire cast of the film just by like a, a slow motion montage. Like you learn about Drew Barrymore and Noah yeah. Wiley, young Samantha Darko and stuff, and the uh, the bullies in the school and stuff. And it's like that's how you should do exposition. Like. Yeah, <clears throat> two minutes, two minutes. Of, I, I, I'm going to guess it was about a two minute scene that, and in that whole scene, you've learned everything you really need to know about all the background of all yeah. the main characters in the school. Like, and you've learned it all in one. Really well put together scene because it's even got the uh, the dance routine in there. Yeah, they're, as well. out, they're outside, aren't they? Yeah, yeah, and that and only comes into it later in the film. It's yeah. like that's. I was like, yeah, that, that's smart. Sparkle motion. Yeah. Sparkle motion. <laughs> You've never supported sparkle motion. <laughs> <laughs> I can't remember what she says, but that's what. Yeah. Um, no, yeah, but with the music, really enjoyed it. I think. Yeah, name to name a few more bands. Joy Division. Love yeah. Will Tear Us Apart, I suppose, is the, the main <laughs> the main Joy Division song, but that plays in the Halloween party later on. Gigs, gigs will, will tear you apart, I think the words are. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. Uh, we've got In Excess, um, Duran Duran are in the... Yeah, Echo and the Bunnymen. They Echo were like and the Bunnymen. They were like a really hip, like, uh, late 80s band kind of thing. Yeah. They were on the Lost Boys soundtrack as well. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, it, it's... Uh, I, like, like I've, I've said this before, but it, I don't think you can do a better soundtrack for this film. It just, it just feels like all the music really suits just the mood that's going on, but yeah. also the lyrics and the song names are pointed that <clears throat> they work really well for the for the story as well. So yeah. it's just a perfect combination of, yeah. of everything going in there. And like on that as well, I feel like there's a big craze now of nostalgia, isn't it? Like Stranger Things and stuff. Oh, the 80s were like all neon lit and stuff and... They weren't. This is what the eighties looked like, kind of yeah. thing, and dark and dreary. <laughs> yeah, genuinely like, and but the music as well. When it, I can't think of an exact example, but you'll watch something. It'll be like Madonna, like or eighties throw about Madonna. This is more what real eighties was like. Yeah. It was, you know, that's the popcorn eighties kind of thing that people think it was like, but it was actually more stuff like Tears for Fears, and you know, that was the kind of thing kids were listening to, like the. Yeah, it feels yeah. a lot more genuine, more genuine portrayal of the eighties than a Stranger Things. Yeah. Or, any of the other like nostalgia porn that's come along, kind of thing. Nostalgia porn, I like the, yeah, the yeah. not the idea of nostalgia, <laughs> <laughs> like, like the theme there. Yeah, I yeah, agree with that. Yeah. It's like I think it's it's one of them where like, don't get me wrong, I've listened to this soundtrack quite a lot over the last few years, but watching the film again and hearing all those tunes, I don't know, it, it really struck a chord with me. I was like, the whole this perfect, the whole film strikes a chord. Like, yeah, it's doing really weird stuff, but. I enjoy watching everything yeah. about it. It's like it works. I don't. I can't. I don't know why, but it works. Yeah. This whole film. I don't think it's a perfect film or anything. I think it's clunky in places, but I can. I can. In, I can watch this film multiple times and enjoy it. I'll get something a little bit different out each time. I think that's the way I. I see this film these days. Um, I can see its flaws. I think 
like I said, it's a bit clunky. I don't think it's well explained a lot of it. Not, not um, to sound too pretentious or anything, but like that's something I've noticed this time watching it. There's a couple of scenes where I mean, I guess it's really low budget. Like I get, you know, he must be making it on a on a fraction of what he went on to make, like the box on and stuff. But a couple of shots where like uh, the one that stuck out to me was when Maggie Gyllenhaal comes home after a night out before the jet engine falls through. The way it's filmed is just really flat and like stationary. Some of the shots are really good, but there's just a couple of shots in there that's as if like. You just had to get it filmed and just done, kind of thing. Like you know, a bit amateurish kind of thing, but a bit clunky, you know, stuff like yeah. that. The rest of it looks really good, but there's just a few bits here and there where it just felt a bit like we just got to get this filmed and done. Like just, just flat, flat shots, back to the wall, just, just film it like that mm. kind of thing. Obviously, having like a jet engine like fall into a house, like, <laughs> but yeah, when you just got like the light just shaking a little bit. It's like yeah, obviously they didn't have the budget to just show. An external shot of something coming down, yeah. crashing in. <laughs> I appreciate they actually show the jet engine in slow motion coming through the house. Yeah, it doesn't look real, but it's but like a stage play you, almost yeah. or something. But it yeah. looks weird. You know what I mean? Like it's like like David Lynch or something. That's the kind of thing. He'd... I was about to mention David Lynch for a different reason, actually. So let me segue off that. Um, with with this film, I, I had a bit of an issue towards the end, mainly in the last twenty minutes of the film. Me too. <laughs> it's a lot darker. Like there's, there's oh, a sorry, lot. I don't, yeah, I that issue. Yeah. <laughs> so, I don't know whether it's because of how I was watching it, which was on IMDb TV, which we'll come on to, but a lot of that film towards the end is quite dark. Now, David Lynch is someone who has, has outwardly said that, you know, using more black and more dark is is, uh, is good because it leaves, it leaves a bit more space for you. I'm interpreting what he said. I can't remember what he said, but it leaves more spain, space for your imagination to sort of like fill in the gaps. And it's like, I'm fine with that, but... The last, the last sort of twenty minutes of this film, I thought was very, there was some very dark points in it, in in a sense of too much black, <laughs> not dark in a in a yeah, moody yeah, sense. Story sense kind of yeah, thing. like it was just too dark, and I thought I could have done with a bit more lighting here and there, um, but maybe that comes down to I didn't realize it was that low budget, but maybe maybe, maybe it might not be. I just figured it was because like not got the budget, but yeah, I mean, I've not done much uh, prep for this one, but. <laughs> Yeah, uh, can I come on to a point towards the end? I'm getting really like nitpicky here with story details kind of thing, but when they end up in the old lady's house, the time traveller woman, and they get attacked Sparrow. by... Sparrow? Yeah. Grandma Death. Grandma Death. Grandma Death. Yeah. They get attacked there by Seth and Seth Rogen. The two bullies, yeah. Why are they just trying to kill them suddenly? So they were burgling the house. That's what How I did I not click on with that last night? Well, they're just there, aren't they? But was that like... Was that ever pre-planned? Was that ever sort of like... Earlier on in the film, you knew they were going to do that? They just turned up? Because that is a little bit weird. It just felt out of nowhere. Like, yeah. And yeah, yeah. I was like, who are these attacking? Where have they come from? Like, Yeah. I, I read afterwards that they were there burgling the house. Was it Halloween that night as well? It wasn't, was it? Was it, it? Hall- it was oh, the Halloween party. October, wasn't it? Yeah. It was, it was Halloween. October. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. I thought at first they were just in makeup, like it was a Halloween mask or something. Yeah. Like. <laughs> but uh, that is one bit where I was just like, why are they suddenly trying to kill Jake, uh, Donnie Darko? And like, it's as if they... Richard Kelly, when he wrote it, knew he needed something to trigger the fact that Jenna Malone would then get run over, mm. and it would then trigger him to shoot Frank. And it's like that was all he could come up with. Like we'll just have them burgle the house, then they want to kill Donnie Darko for some reason. You know, like yeah, it, it just felt a bit like it works overall. Yeah, for the story, but why those two? It's kind of like 
It's almost it's a coincidence, like, isn't it? It's like that's yeah. it, and everything else is so like kind of abstract and stuff. And then that just happens, and it's so like plot in service of the plot kind of thing, and it's like just felt weird to yeah. me that. I mean, it's a very fair point that because it's like <clears throat> it's a coincidental story beat that just feeds into the story. Well, it's that, like, the, 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 it starts this chain reaction of other stuff yeah. that gets you to the end, basically. Yeah, if yeah. that doesn't happen, the girl doesn't die, he doesn't shoot Frank, and he doesn't decide to go back in time. Like, you know... If they had dropped the hint somewhere earlier on in the film that they were going to burgle that house, <laughs> like, yeah. I'd be a bit more okay with it. But yeah. I feel like, it, like, like Sam, like you said, it's kind of just the goal there, and... They just it, it happens. <laughs> yeah, like, right. Okay. There it's is, a service to put the plot, like you said, yeah. John. <clears throat> I think I saw a theory that like this isn't the first loop of this time travel. So I mean, like on another go round, that might not have happened, and then the loop starts again, and then maybe that's where I would have liked to see sort of like more set up for them to be there. Yeah. Previous in the film, yeah. to make to go okay, that that's why this loop is going to work. Yeah, in that theory, I'm with you. Yeah, I, I didn't realize there was theories about stuff like that kind of thing, yeah. like like multiple. Because like just another little complaint I've got. Again, I, I, you're not meant to think about it too logically, are you? Kind of thing, but at the end, you're meant to believe that he's in the car with Jenna Malone, and somehow he gets back in time to go back and kill himself. How does he do that? <laughs> It's never explained, is it? The yeah, vortex it, is there with the wormhole. And again, they, they explain the plane because they show the board, the wormhole and the thing falls into it. Yeah. But how does he do it? <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know. <laughs> it's, it's one of them. It's, yeah. it's, you've, you've got to kind of just... It's almost like the film's expecting you to fill the blanks in without giving you the explanation for how he's been able to travel between timelines and alternate yeah. universes almost. It just it felt funny to me because they almost explain everything else logically. Like everything else has got a reason for it, but then that just it's just like he just went back in time. <laughs> <laughs> but, but is the dubious aspect of that one of the reasons that this film is one that's probably still talked about a lot today? Maybe that yeah, that, you can come up with multiple theories. Yeah, I'd, I'd be fine with that. It's just it's that thing in my brain of like he's told us the answers for so much other stuff. If everything was abstract, I'd be fine with it. But it's just this yeah. one thing. Yeah, he just he just did it. <laughs> to add to that, it's like when you meet Frank for the first time, the rabbit. Um, you only really meet him after things have happened. You only meet him after the the plane engine. Yeah, falls. yeah. After everything starts, the, the the thing, the chain mo- the chain reaction starts. Yeah. kind of thing. Like. And it's like the, the idea is like the theory behind him. It's like, well, is he from another timeline? Is he for? Is he a figment of your imagination? It's like you decide. It's like, well. Nah, like, give, give me a bit more. Tell me. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, like, I want to know if he's, like, come from the other timeline or whether he's a figment from some future memory or something. I think I wasn't really thinking on those levels, but, like, him said about the multiple thing. It's almost like, as soon as that plane engine hits to when he goes back in time, there's, like, multiple things going on at the once. The timeline split. Yeah, like, yeah. it's like a different timeline kind of thing, basically, coming into this timeline. Yeah. And, I think yeah. that was part of the theory that <clears throat> he goes back in time to kill himself so everyone else survives so Frank would be alive in yeah, the, yeah after that and yeah but that I yeah, mean, but why that is all... he appearing I can't tell you <laughs> but, but that's the whole point is like he's yeah. appearing and there's multiple things you can say about why and what that is well, yeah. like the cinema yeah. scene for example like the one where like you know he sat with um, Gretchen yeah. in the cinema and he's talking to Frank yeah and it's like What's going on here? Like, you but know the, what, he's, it, 
I think I've seen that explain that he's he's a ghost. So I mean, look, I'll go. With, this is go on, read, but he's a ghost, so time travel doesn't really like he can just appear in any time scale. But that's also why his eye is shot out. Yeah, because that's where he's been shot. Hmm. So he is from the future, and he's just appearing as like a ghost or the subconscious that um, Jake Gyllenhaal has already lived that, so he knows. That's where he shot him, so that's why you seeing it as. That's, yeah, yeah, that's yeah, why yeah. Frank is how he is in that in that situation. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. I don't know whether I explained that right. No, no, no. I'm, I'm <laughs> yeah. following you. Yeah. But also the scene where Donnie Darko shoots him, it's almost like he knows he has to do it because it's like I've seen him with a dodgy eye. This is you know when it clicks, kind of. Like, I have to shoot him because like that's how he gets this dodgy eye. Like, <laughs> when he when he appears, is it in the bathroom or something like that? But he's got the knife <laughs> and like, there's like that force field. Yeah, he's stabbing him in the left eye, right. which is where oh. he shot him as well. So that's. That's another like tie-in like, knows he knows kind of in the back of his head, like, yeah, he's already stabbing him in the left eye because he knows that's where he shoots him. Well, how does he know, though? Is it because he's lived because his he timeline before? previously lived, yeah. Because right, this is okay. another go-around of... I like that trying theory. To it, trying to get it right. Yeah. Yeah, it's almost like, like he exists in multiple timelines at that point anyway. Yeah. So with that point, he's sort of transversed time travel and universes. Yeah, so it's like, how far down the line are you? Yeah. In this time scale or time loop, yeah, and I'm fine with the dubious aspect of it. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I'm I'm fine with that. But <laughs> the dubious aspects of time travel, <laughs> <laughs> it's it's one of them though. Where like, I don't want all the answers. I prefer more questions than answers. Yeah, definitely. Um, but that is one where it's like, as much as I enjoy it, there is no clear cut answer to a lot of these questions. Yeah, which which I think is the you know the case for a lot of films. But yeah. That's why it works so well for me because it's not, almost it doesn't matter what the answers are because like they focus on character so much. Characters always better than plot. Like Patrick Swayze's character, you just get the again the whole time time loop thing. They all wake up at the end after Donnie Darko's dead, and like he's crying in bed kind of thing. It's that thing of like maybe now they're going through a time loop where they've lived this before subconsciously, and yeah. that's why they're crying. They, they know well, something's changed kind of thing that- like the. When Gretchen and Donnie Darko's mum look at each other and wave, it's yeah. kind of like they know each other, but they, they clearly don't. But it's yeah. kind of just like, you, I kind of know you. <laughs> they, they that's just, because they've lived through it before. Yeah. The morning of the plane crash, uh, the morning of the, the engine falling on Donnie Darko, the therapist wakes up, like, just goes, yeah. just, well, yeah. it's not a visual thing, but like, she just wakes up and then... She knows it's almost like they're, yeah. they're living almost like they've had, they've had dreams almost of this other well, time. Like one of the chapters, chapter 10 or 11 or something like that, it was just dreams. And then like that's when they all start waking up and it's kind of like, oh. It's like all the people he's affected kind of thing. Subconsciously know he's dead kind of thing, but they don't know why they're waking up. Like, yeah. yeah, it's really good. It's smart, isn't it? Yeah, like, <laughs> like even if it's dubious and stuff, I'm, I'm quite happy with that. Because yeah. I think like it, <clears throat> when we were saying sort of like, the two bullies just turn up out of nowhere. There's no setup for that. Like it's it's set up like with the dying alone and things like that, which is oh, I love that. that which is what ha- like. what happens? He dies alone, so yeah. everyone else can live. But that's all set up for that to happen. Yeah, the callback to it, like it sounds like the worst thing in the world when they're talking about it in the uh, therapist room. He's saying he's terrified of dying alone. Mm. But when he's seeing him die alone, he's, he's laughing his head off. He's, he's like, like, he's yeah. like, this is the best possible outcome kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah, he, he know, he, it's almost like his purpose was to do that. And he's yeah. like, he's laughing because he's finally found what he's he was meant to do. Yeah. yeah. 
quite smart when you think about it. It's like, yeah. I was expecting to come into this film and watch it and think, oh, this isn't the edgy, edgy dark teenage yeah. film I wanted to watch when I was a teenager. But it's like, I watch it now and I'm like, oh yeah, there's quite a lot here. <laughs> there's a lot to unpack. That. I was like, this, this is not aged well, this. But then I watched it, I was like, no, it's actually like better now than it was <laughs> when I first but watched is that, it. But <laughs> is that just because you know what I have it like? So some films are better on a rewatch. Or no, not maybe not better, but are completely different. So Fight Club is a completely different film on a second watch. Because you, yeah, yeah. you know what happens. Yeah. But I don't know whether that makes it better or not. When you I watch don't think so, because like, I don't watch this to know what happens in it, because I should enjoy the characters kind of thing. Yeah. So the actual resolution doesn't bother me that much. It's more like, like I said, I find it really funny. Like just, hmm. I find it a pleasure to watch because all the characters are so funny and stuff like, uh, she called Sharita or something, the uh, the Chinese girl. Oh, yeah, yeah. She yeah. was great. Every scene she was in. Yeah. Yeah, there's that one scene when they at the bus stop and like the uh, two of the kids are like, I think, is it Sharita? Hmm. She's called... Cool. So, yeah. something like that and they're like hey Sharita do you want a cigarette and she's like shut up <laughs> <laughs> yeah great, great yeah <laughs> no um, it's, is it Patrick Swayze as well uh, who's in this as the the paedophile um, yeah paedophile self-help guru yeah 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 and like yeah I, I, I forgot about that you know I totally forgot about that his his involvement with this film when yeah. it, before I watched it I <clears throat> that was one other thing I've seen like because everyone survives that means he survives happy it's almost like you as a viewer know what's going on at that point but at this point in the timeline of the film and going forward that's that that mystery is going to stay unsolved yeah, yeah. So it's it's an interesting concept it is it's like I say, that should be a dark ending he's like yeah. free, free again now to go on a <laughs> yeah, yeah 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 abuse more kids yeah, yeah. <laughs> No, it's it's a uh, yeah. I I enjoyed it. I think um, it was good. I've 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 not got many points left. Uh, I, I was going to mention the just a bit about the cinematography. I'll just move on to that very briefly. But the way it's filmed and stuff, like with um, it almost feel, it feels like it's filmed. It's hard to it's hard to describe what this is. But you know the color palette, like it's a very much a dark blue <laughs> yeah. type of color palette. It's almost like it's like not twilight, not as bad as twilight. <laughs> and much earlier than Twilight, but yeah, it's almost like some scenes as well. And some shots have got the you know the black uh, outline, like where it's a faded black uh, edges and stuff. So you're looking almost like it's almost like you're looking through a tunnel to actually watch the film. Yeah, it it all plays into the general mm. mysterious, you know, yeah. mysterious suburb uh, part of the film. I like. I said there's a couple of shots where I felt it was a bit too much, like. Just someone stood against the wall, almost yeah. like talk to camera kind of thing, yeah. you know, a bit like stage play kind of thing. But, but yeah, on the whole, I thought it, was, it looked way better than I remember. You know, again, I thought it age would have aged badly, but it's like, no, it's great. It all moulds together quite well, like you know, all the different pieces. I think that's how I look at it. It's like whilst I think it's a bit clunky, and I think the storytelling is a little, a little hard to follow. When you mash all this stuff together, I think I feel like I said this about the Matrix. When you mash all this stuff together, it you come out with this like quite unique film yeah. at the end. I can't name you another film that's like this. No, well, I can the butterfly effect. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's that's another film though that I really enjoy. <laughs> I thought I'd come into this saying like I need to rewatch that the butterfly effect because it'd be well better than this. But no, I, don't, I probably don't think it will be. <laughs> no, no, no. I think, because <clears throat> it was, I was going to say my first time watching it, I, I couldn't really follow it. And at the end, I, like, my head was just a bit mashed. Yeah. yeah. So I feel like, and we spoke about this, about The Matrix, I 
read about it, read explainers, and I quite enjoyed explaining it because I was like uh, reading those explainers because it made the film make sense. Yeah. Whereas, and but I think that's testament to how the film is put together because it's yeah. supposed to make sense after a little bit of thought. Whereas I don't think the Matrix did that. <laughs> yeah. I wish Steve was here to argue with us about it. <laughs> <laughs> like one scene that you mentioned before in the cinema. It's a really emotional scene, I think, and I can't tell you why. It's like a Lynch thing, like, where they're watching Evil Dead, but they've got, like, this weird... The soundtrack's kicking in in this weird, like, ambient tone or something. And Donnie Darko asks him, why are you wearing that stupid rabbit suit? But he's almost crying when he asks it. It's weird, like... Do you get what I mean? Like, the way he acts... It's almost, un, like, not unhinged, but it's, like, there's yeah, some... Something not right off. about the scene, like... Yeah. Like a dream or something, and then Frank answers, like, why are you wearing that stupid man suit? And it's just, like... This is class. <laughs> it's a classic. I've, I think you've hit the nail in the head for why I enjoy this film, though, and the types of films I enjoy is that it's like a bit more, some a bit off, like some a bit like a dream. A bit dream abstract. Bit. Yeah, abstract, yeah. So it's yeah. like, obviously, we've talked about this before, but my favourite films are Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind. I'm thinking of, well, of another Michael Gondry. What's his name in it? Michelle Gondry? Yeah. yeah. Uh, Beat Can Rewind. That's what you're thinking of. No, it? no. <laughs> his, best, his best film. <laughs> Science of Sleep is literally about like dreams and stuff like that. Yeah. And it's like the whole idea that there's something amiss in, in the reality of, of things. Like That's yeah. what I enjoy out of a film. Just something a bit off. Like, yeah, like, I think like Memento's another film I really enjoyed. There's something off during that film. And it's... Yeah. it's well, I won't give that film away, but <laughs> I think you know, one of the trivia points is J.J. Hall uses a strategy of rarely blinking to enhance his psychotic creepiness. I like that. So it's like, you it's not something you're immediately going to pick up on, but you know that it's there. Yeah. And it, that it's just inherently creepy. You're just like, but you don't really know why. It just gives it that edge kind yeah. of thing. Like that you, you don't even know what it is that's doing it kind of thing. Yeah. yeah. But this, this is why I... I, I I don't know. I, I really connected with it because, like, I was well into that sort of thing when I was like fifteen. It's like nostalgia definitely plays a part for me in this, but I, can, I don't know. I can transport myself back almost. I think this is way more. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't mean to do it over it. <laughs> Figured it out. Uh, I think it's way more like a Lynch film than anyone would give it credit for. Yeah, like because Lynch just like the, the whole Twin Peaks: The Return. There's scenes in that that just don't relate to anything, but there's really emotional scenes just there for the sake of you want to put that scene in. Yeah, there's a lot of scenes in like that in this. Yeah, I, I, like I, if you asked me to explain Twin Peaks to you now, I wouldn't be able to do it. But yeah, can. I can think of certain scenes and go, "Oh, that was an incredible scene with all the music and the way it was shot." Yeah, and I can go, "Oh yeah, that was incredible." <laughs> it's like yeah. I can't tell you the plot, but I can tell you that was in an, an emotional. That moment. scene you watched, you yeah, I felt it. Reason, kind of thing. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I felt the scene and I felt yeah. the moment. And I feel that that way a lot in this film. A lot of the scenes yes. got me like that kind of yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Yeah, it's yeah. almost like a collection of really good individual scenes, as opposed to one overarching story kind of thing. Yeah, I wouldn't. I wouldn't call a storyline. I, I get what what the director or the writer has tried to do here. I've not got the names in front of me, but Richard Kelly. Yeah, um, <clears throat> I get what they've tried to do, but it's not always coherent. But again, I'm, I'm not criticizing that. I'm fine with that. Yeah. I just mentioned off the back of that, though, Richard Kelly after this was like the new Golden Boy. What's going to do next? Kind of thing. Everyone loved it. And he did Southland Tales, which everyone hated. I've never seen it. I saw it when it came out and didn't like it, but uh, it was a bit of a mess. Might have to rewatch it after this. I might like it now. <laughs> and he did the box. Have you heard of that one? Oh, with the button. That yeah, you push the button and somebody, somebody in the world, somewhere, yeah, yeah. somebody somewhere in the world dies. I've not watched that in about fifteen years. 
I it was I didn't like it as much as Donnie Darker, but I liked it. So I'm thinking I'm gonna go back. Watch, I might rewatch that myself. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, it's interesting, really interesting idea. Yeah, Shoot. that might be a pod film. That yeah, yeah. Mm. Do a Richard Kelly season. We could do Southland Tales <laughs> as well. Yeah, can I just burn through a couple of notes here? If that's okay with you, so, just one quick one. If uh, Donnie wakes up sometimes in the middle of the road and he wakes up on a golf course, if you're sat there thinking, "How unbelievable is that?" Podcast. Well, a certain <laughs> podcast legend. Well, used to wake up on a golf course. Was he naked? Oh, yeah. <clears throat> well, you, I, I don't remember the story. Call back to the volcano fight. Uh, <laughs> let's just say he was naked. He's he suggesting, he's suggesting he was fighting another naked man on the golf course. Yeah. <laughs> With a golf club. <laughs> he uh, woke up naked on the golf course repeatedly, I think. It wasn't even a one-time thing. Who was this? Uh, podcast legend. We won't give out names. We'll just call him call him Johnny Darko for now. Uh, <laughs> Very good. Yeah, yeah uh, but yeah, he told us that story. Uh, yeah, so it can happen. Just remember that. Yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, other quick notes. Done the soundtrack. Lots of eighties callbacks. Like she's voting for Dukakis. I've got like uh, before you move on from that, John. <clears throat> I think um, I read a. I was reading the, the review on screenrun.com and they mention about uh, it's littered with 80s pop culture detritus. <laughs> I enjoyed that because I was like, yeah, this is this is what I'm getting from the film. It's, it's yeah. 80s pop culture detritus. It's the best way to explain what it is. But it's not like the way Stranger Things does it. It feels more real kind of thing. Like, yeah, uh, Stranger yeah. Things feels a bit pandery. Yeah. yeah. Depends on the picture of what they want the 80s to be like. Exactly. But they actually yeah. weren't like that kind yes. of thing. Yeah. Oh, Patrick Swayze's infomercial for his uh, self help. Did he catch this? <laughs> it's a little kit. Oh, no, it's, uh, it's the mum. Saying, I thought it was normal for a 10 year old to still wet the bed. Picture of a little kid, just like, <laughs> <laughs> again, comedy. Like, I thought I that hilarious. Like, I don't know if you meant to, kind of thing. Yeah. Can you mention, like that. mention about the, the teacher who is the one who's really pushing his, his agenda when she meets up with Danny Darko's mum? Can't remember her name. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She's doing the whole thing with her saying, oh, well. <laughs> You're the last mother that I would come to. Believe me. <laughs> you can see, you can see the uh, Danny Darko's mum just stood there going, "Yeah, yep. keep going." <laughs> but I, I think she's a standout character in her role. I think she's really the teacher. good. No, well, the, the we'll come back. No, no, well, yeah, the teacher as well. But like yeah. Danny Darko's mum, like in the role that she has to play, she gets across every emotion she's supposed to get across, and it's, it's really, really like it's a subtle role, but it's re- it's really well done. Yeah, definitely. But again, in terms of a comedy scene involving the teacher, when Donnie's got to like put on the board between love and is it love and hate where he thinks Love and fear. Love and fear, yeah. where he thinks something should be and he argues with the teacher. And there's that comedic beat where she's like, Oh, what do you think we should do with it then? And he's like, oh, and it just cuts to him in the uh, the principal's office. <laughs> and the, the the parents are talking to the headmaster. And they're like, well, what did he say? But then the camera pans over and the other teacher stood there. It's like he said, I should put my board up my anus. <laughs> it's like really good comedy. Like, you know, yeah. the way they, they, they move the camera over and stuff. And she's yeah. been there the whole time. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's the dad as well laughing. Yeah, he can't. He can't hold laughing. Really good. Uh, really good stuff. Well, like Seth Rogen, when uh, Jenna Malone, I think she's upset about something. And Seth Rogen's like, oh, didn't, you, didn't your dad stab your mum? Like, she's in the middle of the class. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's like... Yeah, funny. <laughs> uh, what, what's uh, was it? Drew Barrymore, who's Donnie Darko's teacher, is that right? Yeah, yeah. When um, Gretchen comes in and like it's brand new, brand new to the class, and she and she says to her, you know, sit next to the cutest boy in class. I was thinking you wouldn't you wouldn't get away with that in twenty twenty two, would you? It, 
I was thinking that watching it, it was like, it was a very, but it was the 80s, wasn't it? So I suppose you, you can get away with it by saying it was, this is what it's like in the 80s. But <laughs> yeah. I did think that like, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I watched that and I was like, that's a strange thing to yeah. you know, <laughs> say in a class. Yeah. Uh, so just last comedic beat, when they're actually at the seminar at the end, when Johnny Darko goes off on one on the microphone, there's a bit before that when one girl gets up to ask a question for Patrick Swayze. And she's like, how do I get my sister to stop it, to stop eating food so she's not overweight? <laughs> and you, you see the fat girl going, shut up, Kim! <laughs> like, yeah, that's genius. Yeah. Like, that's really good. Though. Really good. Yeah. yeah. I think I'm pretty much uh, done, guys. Oh, did you catch uh, Donnie Darko's mate dressed as Hulk Hogan? I didn't, uh, you know, I missed that. No. It's one of them where, like, you wouldn't know it because he's not bald and stuff, but he's got, like, the bandana on and blonde <laughs> hair and he's wearing, like, the yellow and red T-shirt. But genius stuff. again, though, because that's, like, you pick up on that detail... That's yeah. what that that's for, personally for me like that's like a 1980s like icon it's like Hulk Hogan it's like yeah. you look back and go that's a pop a pop culture beat there that's just been been put in and it's 88 so that would have been the summer when he slammed Andre the Giant at WrestleMania oh you've done your research that, that, uh, is that right yeah I was hoping you'd give me the answer to that, that WrestleMania 3 wasn't it yeah according to Jim Cornette <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay yeah uh, yeah so I think I'm pretty much done guys uh, yeah cool Yep. I'll take us some trivia if you want some trivia. Oh, yeah, yeah. Shoot it. Uh, the budget and the box office. Uh, budget, 4.5 million. Yeah, so probably about... Nice buttons, isn't it? Where, where I put it, like, yeah. Box office, 7.5 million. I think it did oh. a lot on home video, this. I, well, I was going to say, was, like, was this more of a cult hit? I mean, I watched it on DVD. Yes, it's same, yeah. I feel like this was a uh, gained a cult following. So yeah. I would imagine box office, that's probably about right. But then... In the future years, this is probably like dwarfed that. I think even, I think I might have even only heard of the film that year in two thousand and four when it came out on DVD. I didn't even know it got a theatrical release or anything, you know. Yeah. Like, and then I bought the DVD and loved it, kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. I think I can't find it now, but there was a piece of trivia that. <clears throat> oh, at one point it looked it looked like the film was going to be released directly to home markets. Right. Um, Christopher Nolan was apparently an influential factor in making mm. sure it went to cinema. Really. Hmm. I don't know what. Possibly the best director going, in my opinion. Yeah. Um, filmed over a period of 28 days, which ties in nicely. Oh, I like that. Yeah, that's, <laughs> that's, that's a completely unusable fact to enjoy the film. <laughs> but personally, I enjoy that. Um, that shot's with us. If it was made in 2002, was it? Or 2001, do we say? And it only got on video in 2004. I thought like they might have had a year to like you know film bits here and there kind of thing. A bit like a bit of a homemade mm-hmm. movie, but... Yeah, 28 days. It's a studio film, isn't it, pretty yeah. much? Um, <clears throat> Patrick Swayze wore his own clothes from the 1980s for the film. Uh, a nice little... Uh, See, yeah. Little, little detail in it, yeah. I, we should do this every film, Sam. I'm enjoying, <laughs> I'm enjoying these facts. Seth Rogen's debut feature film and Seth Rogen's first line of the film was... Seth. No. I like boobs. Oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> So that's his Again. first line in a feature film. Ever. It's, yeah. it's very Seth Rogen. <laughs> yeah, very Seth yeah. Rogen. Yeah, yeah. Surprised we didn't, we, didn't, we didn't get Seth Rogen's laugh in this film anyway. <laughs> yeah, he's definitely not in Seth Rogen mode yet. No, is he? Yeah. No. he's in like serious actor mode at this point. Yeah. yeah. Uh, some songs featured in the movie were substitutes for songs which the makers wanted but were denied the rights to. Interesting. So even though. We've been saying how good the soundtrack is. That's funny, that. I bet the songs they wanted. Even, yeah. 
but the ones they wanted were the, were the shag that I was bidding off before Madonna and uh, stuff like that. And I, I was saying, oh, oh, the lyrics tie in really nicely. <laughs> I'd be really interested to see that list of songs they originally intended for the film. Yeah. Like, that'd be a really interesting listen. The dance performance was performed to West End Girls by the Pet Shop Boys. Uh, Duran Duran Centaurus was redubbed in post-production. Um... U2's MLK was used in the final scene and then substituted with Gary Jules' model. Oh, that's an interesting one. Yeah. Oh, we didn't talk about that, did we? The Gary Jules yeah. song? Yeah. Because that's almost like intertwined with this film and it wasn't even the intended original song for that. Yeah. That's very interesting. I like that. And I think that's a big part of the success of the film. People yeah. look, because it got to like number one at Christmas yeah. and stuff, and people loved that song. Like, yeah. Especially yeah. as the final song, you feel like you were just you'd have that nailed on yeah and then as well like I I think the Duran Duran song was probably better than um, oh it escapes me what was the what was the uh, Pet Shop Boys West End yeah West End Girls Girls. is that right (laughs) yeah Yeah. (laughs) I don't know where you were going West End Uh, no I feel I feel like the Duran Duran tune was probably better for that than they've cut it in well because it looked like they were dancing to the Notorious bit at the start yeah 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 (laughs) Yeah, um, Frank the Giant Rabbit was inspired by the animated film Watership Down, which obviously makes an appearance okay, in the yeah. film itself. Yeah, it's like Opta Sam this at the end. Of the day. <laughs> <laughs> um, apparently, the first cut of the film was two hours forty-five. Jesus, I I, I could have watched that. Well, I was about to say, I reckon, I reckon I could go for that. Yeah. <laughs> I reckon you would. Yeah. But how long is it? Um, the final cut's about what? Two hours? Is it? 150? I watched the director's cut, which was two hours thirteen. I didn't watch the director's cut. I, don't I think watched, I did. I watched yeah. standard. Yeah. You probably saw more than what we did then. I think one <clears throat> another bit I was reading was the director's cut had more of the what was the book called? Philosophy, philosophy of time, time travel. travel. Yeah. Had like the words of that like put on the screen more. Well, but I don't know whether I don't know whether that ties in with what you saw, whether you actually saw those. All, all I was going to add to that was the the when they the, this film came out, they put the philosophy of time travel or at least some sections of it on their own website. Yeah, on the Donnie Darko website. So the idea would be that you watch the film, you look up the website. And you'd find segments of this. I'm assuming fictional, <laughs> fictional yeah. book. Um, yeah, it's like uh, the Matrix again. That had a lot of philosophy books yeah. that came out after the after the fact. Yeah, so. yeah. And that yeah. was an incredible film. It was. Yeah. Yeah. That's it. Very good. Enjoyed that, Sam. Let's do that next time. Yeah, that's very good. Just mentioned as well that Mad World song as well made a big appearance in the Gears of War uh, TV spot. Yeah. For the first Gears of War game, and it, uh, I remember that. Had a big part of everyone know what Gears of War was. Yeah. yeah. Very good. Um, I think we're ready for star ratings, are we? For yeah, Donnie yeah. Darko. Um, jump jump, any, I'll, I'll jump in. Yeah. You jump You jump it off. Give it a 4.5. Thought it, thought it was great. I don't know why at this point I'm not just giving it a 5, but 4.5. Really enjoyed it. Uh, I'm going to try and pick up on 4K Blu-ray and I'll give it another watch or something in a few months if you... Oh, it'd be a good film to watch in 4K. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. Because I, I don't know if I mentioned it on the, on the, the pod, but I watched it on Shudder. Uh, uh, and it was just a standard 1080p streaming kind of thing. So, uh, yeah, the 4K Blu-ray would be uh, very good. I'll, I'll try and pick it up. Yeah. 
Um, I'd probably give... I haven't really thought about rating before now. Probably four. Uh, I know I've said it probably would be better on a rewatch. I can't see myself going back to it. Like I feel oh, yeah, like I've watched yeah. it and I'm done with it. Like I'm, I'm I can put you'll it, put that away for I can a few put it down. years. Like yeah. I think that's the only reason. Like <clears throat> good film. I think it's really well put together. I think there are little bits that could be better. Hence four four stars. I'm with you thinking. I, I I agree with you thinking, Sam. It's it's a film that I've watched. Like like I said, I watched this. Basically, I could I could put this away now for a few more years and then come back to it in five six years. Um, I think four point five stars is probably going to be my my rating as well. Um, it's one of them where when I watched it as a teenager, I'd have give this six stars, and then when I watched it in my twenties, I'd have probably give it about two and a half because I just didn't <laughs> appreciate it. But then now I can appreciate the things that I've not appreciated in any watch I've watched before. Um, probably come out about four and a half stars for me. Um, you mentioned, John, you watched it on Shudder. Uh, yeah. I watched this on a IMDb TV, which I've never used before, but I managed to watch this for free. Um, the only thing I will say is that whilst it's pretty cool that I was able to watch this without paying anything, the adverts are pretty intrusive. <laughs> How does it work? Is it literally like every 20 minutes an ad pops up? I'll be honest, the adverts only popped up maybe three or four times through the whole film. Right. So in a film of, how long was this? Did we get that time? Just, about, just over two hours. Was it Okay, just over two hours. So you're, you're talking probably every half hour or so. Um, they're very intrusive to the point where it doesn't like fade out at the end of a scene and then the adverts come on. The adverts will almost come on directly after oh, something right. has happened. <laughs> so so you like- get taken out of the, the moment. Did they do that YouTube thing though, like where you're watching the film and it'll say in the bottom no. corner, added no. five, four? No, no I'd have preferred that because you would at you least know, get like, ready yeah. and go, oh, okay, well, I'm about to watch an advert. But no, you'll be watching it and then I can't even remember if the scene would end or whether you'd be <clears throat> mid conversation. It'd be like, Da-da! and then like you, yeah. you, 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 you hit in the face with corporate bullshit. Um, it didn't take away from me enjoyment of the film because I, I, you know, I'm reviewing this film based not based on IMDb TV, and I appreciate that I got to watch this for free. But it's just something to mark down if if anyone is ever interested in watching anything on IMDb TV. They almost need someone to cultivate that where like they go in and like they mark out advert points yeah, where they're like, definitely. right, that's a lull where you can put an advert. But obviously, they don't not going to pay someone are they to uh, no, <laughs> no, it's free in the first it, place yeah, anyway. Yeah. The amount of work going into that, like, yeah, just no. put those markers in. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, four and a half stars. Nostalgia plays a part for me anyway, but you know, I I really enjoyed it again. But just one last point on that: the nostalgia. It was already nostalgic when it came out for the 80s. Correct, yeah, yeah. And now it's like you're nostalgic for when you first watched it in the 2000s. Exactly, yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I like that. I like yeah, that. it's good. It works on two layers. Layers. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Different universes. Yeah, um, yeah. Time travel. Um, right, okay. Uh, I think we're done then. This yep. week. Uh, okay, I forget how we end these. Um, I think we just say bye. Bye. All right. <laughs> right. <laughs> okay. Um, yeah, well, cheers for, uh, cheers for this, guys. Yeah, cheers, yeah, guys. Enjoyed Thanks this. Thanks for listening. Uh, yeah. yeah, thank you, listeners. Uh, we'll see. We'll, we'll speak to you next time. Yeah, cheers. Bye. Cheers. Cheers. Bye. Bye. Bye.